Hello, my name is Ian. I'm a creator from Alaska that makes adventure films, but most people know me simply as Yoko Man. I've swam in the Arctic Ocean, I've climbed peaks above the Arctic Circle, I've climbed mountains in the Delta Range, in the Alaska Range, in the Wrangles, in the Chugash Range. I've climbed mountains all over the place. I was one of, if not the last person, to the bus 142. I've packrafted many different rivers, I've ice skated inside of glaciers, I've ice skated on ice that's a little too thin. Maybe a couple times. Okay, a lot of times. I've camped on top of mountaintops, I've skied amazing snow, and I've skied horrible snow. I have been to countless beautiful mountain huts all over Alaska. I've made all sorts of hot tubs from all different sorts of material. And I've convinced my friends to carry a trampoline up Flattop Mountain one too many times. But there's one place I haven't been to, one mountain I haven't climbed. I think you know what mountain that is. Want to see me climb it? Ian Borofsky is an Alaskan boy through and through. Growing up in that part of the country is a completely different lifestyle than the one that we're accustomed to in the lower 48. Wildlife encounters are a daily occurrence, and transportation isn't always a given. I met Ian a few years back on my cycling trip across North America when he was filming a short film for Sean Tracy, who was a guest on the show a couple episodes back. Ian has recently entered into a film competition where he outlines many of his own adventures in Alaska, and we discuss these at length. Enjoy. All right, man. So that so that video you just made, that's part of the Artlist 100K fund. So what so what tell me a little bit about yourself. Like what is that fund? How did you get involved in it? And um, yeah, just just kind of break that down for us a little bit. Yeah. Um so Artlist is this company that provides either stock footage or stock music for creators. And I'm a creator that lives in Alaska and I make videos about going on adventures, climbing mountains, building wacky stuff, just a range of different outdoorsy fun activities. And something as an Alaskan, a big goal of mine, especially as kind of gradually building up my climbing, hiking repertoire, my career, basically. The ultimate goal for me has always been Denali. And when I saw this as like a, a way to basically fund your wildest dream, it was like, hey, this could be a perfect way to essentially, if I get picked, if they choose me, pick me, uh, to have this giant adventure be funded and be able to take all my climbing buddies with me. So I put together this video with the intent. I, I really wanted to essentially showcase everything that I've done. So I'm talking about all the different mountain ranges I've climbed in and basically like, look, I've done all this stuff. There's like one last big adventure I want to do and it's Denali. So that was the idea of that video was, it was a pitch to have them fund 
me and my friends to go climb Denali and create hopefully a really well produced documentary of doing it. Yeah, I I would I would agree. I think most people would. Um, it's interesting that because Denali, I can tell, has a special place in your heart. And um, a fun fact for anyone listening is Ian here is actually the one who produced the. I don't know what you would call it because it, it was like a twenty minute video, but. In one of, the, one of the previous episodes with Sean Tracy, he did the Denali 135 across the Denali. Uh, I think that's the Denali Highway. And yeah. so um, Ian was the one that put all that that uh, film together. He made a huge production out of it. And I guess that was kind of the the teaser for that was like the inaugural run. So he, he wanted that as a way to um, put, you know, to, to get to get the word out for for future races. So. This isn't your first rodeo, and um, you've done a lot of film stuff in the past. So uh, maybe just like tell us a little bit about your background in terms of like as a film student. Like, is this something you do full time now? Because at the time, I think you were in college, right? So that was five years ago yeah. at this point. Yeah, I I kind of almost want to interject there because I think the fact that you and I even know who each other are is like a kind of comical collision. Because was it in Talkeetna? Were you biking through Talkeetna when we ran yeah. into you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is, and that I didn't realize you had had Sean on, which obviously makes sense now that I think about it. I I should have looked at your, your channel a little <laughs> more to fully realize that. That makes so much sense. But yeah, just the fact that the whole reason I know who you are was because I was with Sean Tracy and we were had just finished they had well they had just finished i was i was sitting in the car the whole time <laughs> they had just finished running across the denali highway and we were spending a day a day or two in talkeetna just jumping around breweries and we just happened to run into you cuz you would you had gone up had you were you on your way back down from fairbanks and you were stopping through there yeah, I was going down from Fairbanks um, and Denali and the bus, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Like those have all been on my radar like my whole life. So I was like, oh, I got to stop here. But Denali, uh, the park was like super run by tourists. So it's like, oh, this little mm, kind of yeah. lesser known pocket of Talkeetna seems pretty cool. And they had the the tours to Denali and everything. So, yeah, I was just passing by and came across you guys. Yeah, that is that is quite Quite fascinating, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, Sean being Sean was started. I think he was the one who probably stopped and started chatting to you and was like, "Hey, come stay with us." So yeah, 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 yeah. And then we all we all played. Uh, what was it? We played poker, and then we had went out to the bars. There, there was the one bar where they had the um, like their shirt that was hung from like the last time they were Sean and Bill were there. Uh, but yeah, that was that was mm. that was a fun time. But. Alaska really opened my eyes, man. There's a lot. I realized that because it's so people don't realize it's, I think you can fit four Texas states inside of Alaska. Yeah. And I, and I see all over Alaska that, you know, it's like the, um, cause in, in Texas, they say everything's bigger in Texas. And then in Alaska, they say everything's almost, it's like four times as big as Texas, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so so in 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 that video, you talked on a lot of different things. So um, one thing, I, I guess we can just start with swimming in the Arctic. That to me, 
I'm all for ice baths, but that seems uh, a little nuts. So what's what was that like? So that was like a little that was like a micro bucket list item that I had wanted to do since I was a freshman in college. That like one weekend, my buddies and I were like, let's drive up because from Fairbanks, uh, if you go up the Elliott, it eventually turns into the Dalton Hall Road that goes all the way up to Prudhoe Bay to the Arctic Ocean. And we thought that would be a super fun weekend trip to drive all the way up there. I'm glad we didn't then. And the whole reason we didn't was just because someone told us like, well, you know, you have to have like a permit to get through Prudhoe Bay, right? Because it's all leased and owned by the oil companies. We're like, oh, so we just kind of tossed that aside. And then a few months ago, I was looking at that and I was like, well, I've never just searched up like how to get in. So I just did in the first link. I think it was like 70 bucks. There's this one tourist company that basically will allow you to pay and they'll get you a permit to go through and they'll take you through on a bus with a bunch of other people to go through. But I driving that road will give you a lot of respect for the Hall Road drivers because it is gnarly in some sections. It's <laughs> it's a it's a long, brutal. I don't want to call it brutal, but definitely because we did it in August, which was pretty rainy. The road can get so potholy that you're almost coming to a complete stop in some parts, but. Yeah, that was that was just a bucket list item that Sarah and I got to do. I mean, it took the whole weekend. We were driving pretty much the whole time, just slowly chugging along, <laughs> getting up there, and then any polar bears on that road? No, no. But funny enough, we took our dog Bo with us, and. When we got up to the Dead Horse, Dead Horse Camp, we asked our tour guide, we were like, hey, can we take our dog with us to the ocean? And he was like, mm, I want to, like, he was like, I, I would love to say yes, but he said that he had gotten in trouble before for letting people take their dogs because dogs will run around and they will go piss everywhere. And apparently that attracts polar bears. And he's like, that's, they don't really want people taking their dogs because they'll piss places and then the polar bears will show up. And it was like, oh, you know what? That's a that's a very valid reason to not want to have to let the dogs come. So the, here's something fascinating that like it makes sense, but also you don't really expect it. Is that the ocean, at least along where we are or where we were, where we were, it doesn't drop off. It's like a it's like a sandbar, and it just keeps going because we like started running out into the ocean once we got up there. And we just started running and the water like never got deeper than our knees and we went a ways out. <laughs> so that's a cold way back. <laughs> yeah. You got to go like way out if you want to be able to like swim. We just like belly flop. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it, it's still, fr- was it, was it as cold as you thought it was? Honestly, it's hard to tell because we were just really jacked up on adrenaline. It was definitely chilly. I definitely <laughs> remember that first like, I plunged down, I was like, <gasps> where you get that, like, breath in from the cold. So I recall that, but I was really jacked up on adrenaline, <laughs> I don't, re- don't fully recall. Yeah, on the on the East Coast, everyone does these, like, polar plunge events, 
on like I don't know, New Year's or whatever, and everyone runs into the ocean, and it's just funny because it's like it's it's the Atlantic Ocean, like it's not. I mean, it can be cold at parts, but it's like you literally did the polar plunge. So check that off your bucket list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right on. Okay, so you did swimming in the Arctic. You did. You said that you skated glaciers on some dangerously thin ice. So what was that? <laughs> did did you fall in, or was it like uh, just like someone dared you to do it, or how that how that come? Well, okay, let me let me explain a little bit. I I have this series on my channel called Sketchy Ice Skating. What do you think? What do you think that's about? Big <laughs> wild guess. A bunch of accidents. Essentially, what it is for the last six years. I'm trying to think how long I've been in Fairbanks now. I I've calculated, not calculated. I've just figured out exactly. Roughly within a two to three day window when the ice freezes on the ponds and lakes in Fairbanks just enough that you can skate without falling through. Like the ice will be cracking underneath your feet, but you won't fall through, which is October. It's between October 15th and October 17th, which is funny because this year was the first year that was the exception. It was actually a lot earlier this year. I think I was ice skating like October 9th, but... So I make these videos where essentially I go out on the thinnest ice possible and <laughs> just ice skate and see if I fall <laughs> through or not. But one year I was trying to, I just wanted to like ice skate as many places as for the video. I was trying to get as many different places as possible and outside of Delta Junction, there is a glacier called Kastner Glacier, and it used to have a like an, a giant ice cave you could walk into. It collapsed recently, but a couple years back when I went back there, this ice cave, there's like a stream that flows out of it. And in the wintertime, it freezes over and then overflow flows over it. So it gets like really nice, smooth ice. So I went there with my ice skates and I was ice. I went ice skating inside of a glacier, essentially. So <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Damn. And and what's it like if you fall in? Is is it is there like certain protocol? Like, do you have to have a rope or something, or like, um, do you just kind of hoist yourself out of the out of the ice chunk or something? So, usually, I have a pretty good idea if I'm going to fall through, and I'll be wearing my wetsuit under whatever clothes I'm wearing, which is really good idea for anybody skating on super thin ice. <laughs> But uh, the main thing is is having what's called ice picks. They're like nails that you can pull yourself out. Because if you try to push up, you could just break the ice off that you're next to. And then you get stuck and that's how people freeze to death. So every time I've gone and I have a decent feeling that I might be falling through, it's wetsuit plus ice picks. Um, yeah, and that's usually I consider it's worked so far. <laughs> yeah, I've not been in any major trouble, but yeah. so far it works. Do when yeah. okay, so I guess I should I should back up. So you have a, a channel called uh your YouTube channel is Yoga Man, right? Yeah. So one, how did you come up with that name? What it, is there like a meaning behind that? And then two, like how do you come up with these like crazy ideas to is it just because you're in Alaska and there's so many 
opportunities in the wilderness that people haven't seen, like that, that you're like, oh, I could, I could do this, this, and this, and there's probably not that many videos out there about it. Okay, so first question is my name. That was, <laughs> you know, how when you're like ten and you have social media for the first time, you just make a random <laughs> ass name that's like just gibberish and it's garbage and. And then when you get older, you go, oh, shit. Like, why did I name myself Piss Boy 69 you know? Nah. And, like, sometimes it's permanent. Anyways, my YouTube channel name was Yo-Yo Lego Man 17. That was, I don't know. I think Yo-Yo was cool, but I, I put Lego because if you go way back on my channel, all my first videos were Lego stop motions. I loved making stop motion videos. So that was why it was Yo-Yo Lego Man. And then 1-7, don't know, I think I was lying about my age because had to be at like at least 13 to make a YouTube <laughs> channel. So I just was like, 17, I'm 17. But at some point when I was in high school or something, I was like, this is a stupid ass name. But I didn't want to like completely change it. So I just shortened it, took out one of the Yo's, took out the Lee in Lego and removed the numbers so it was just yoga man. i was like that seems like that seems pretty good and that stuck and, and yeah now i just <laughs> i can't change it now it's <laughs> yeah and i honestly i kind of like it it's not too bad could be yeah. but as far as the videos i make i feel like that's mostly just from growing up in alaska and exposure to living in alaska yeah i don't know <laughs> it just come just comes to you yeah yeah, I I feel like, well, a decent chunk of it is exposure. I'd say like, well, a lot of it's just like being in Alaska, but another chunk of it was my my friends, especially my good friend Shane. He is definitely the, like, the guy. Honestly, you should, I, I kind of want to almost give you his number just to interview him as well, because I bet he's done... He's got to be in like, I don't know, some like top 10 for most peaks climbed in Alaska. And a lot of a lot of the adventures I've gone on are just purely because of him because he's he'll he'll he has a tendency to like call me Thursday night and be like, what are you doing this weekend? And like, that's how that's how I ended up going out to the bus bus 142 was he just called me on Wednesday or Thursday night and was a was just what are you doing this weekend? And I'm, I, I don't know. I don't have any plans. He goes, want to go out to the, the bus 142? I was like, sure. <laughs> so I'd say Alaska plus pe- being fortunate with the people I'm exposed to. Yeah. 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 And so where are you, where are you originally from? You're not originally from Fairbanks, right? Uh, no, I grew up in Anchorage and then moved up to Fairbanks for school and now got, I got live and work up here. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So speaking of like climbing mountains, I love skiing, but I'm used to like when you go out, out west, out to like Colorado or Utah or whatever, you take a ski lift up. But I guess in Alaska, when you go skiing, you have to actually climb the mountain to ski, right? <laughs> well, I mean, we have a couple, we have a couple of resorts. Um, the big one's definitely Elieska down in, down in Girdwood by Anchorage. Okay. And then up here in Fairbanks, we have, we have, I think two little ones, but if you want to go really experience Alaska and get some like fresh lines in, then we do this thing called ski touring, which is basically you strap on this, like we call them skins to the bottom of your skis and allow you to basically 
hike up with your skis on and then you peel them off and you can ski down. So, Oh, sweet. Well, next time I'm in, I'm in Alaska, I definitely, I definitely have to hit you up for that. That sounds, yeah. that sounds awesome. So then speaking of bus 142, for anyone who doesn't know, Into the Wild, one of my favorite books growing up. That was a huge inspiration for my bike trip. And the bus, so essentially what happened was Alexander McCandless got rid of all of his belongings and wanted to live completely in the wild. And so I think it was just like a backpack of stuff. And he just went right into the Denali Highway. And at some point there, there's a part where he peeled off. I'm not exactly sure where that is, but peeled off, went some number of miles in. And uh, found a bus. It was like a school bus. And I guess the the history behind that was the bus was like, it was something with World War II, I think, or one of the, there was something, it was like the Army Corps of Engineers yeah. built a road and the bus somehow ended up there, right? Yeah, I've heard multiple different things with that. So the bus that he went to is a little bit, it's down what was what's called the Stampede Trail and it crosses crosses two rivers, the Savage River and the Teklanika River. And I've heard that the buses were there for mining. There, apparently there were several buses that were out there, but like that bus like broke down or they just left it out there. I don't know exactly what it was, but that was that was the bus that he ran into, yeah. Right. And so in recent times, like I, when I did my bike trip, it was 2019. That's when I met you and Sean and all those guys. And um, it was still there. And but apparently this has been kind of brewing for quite a while where people would make the trek to the bus. They get stuck or or something would happen because it's a very dangerous trail. And then the park service would have to come and rescue them out. And people were the, the towns were allocating a ton of resources to try to get these people out. So eventually they're like, all right, no more bus. We're going to helicopter this thing out of here and put it in a museum. And Ian was one of, if not the last person to go and visit the bus and the actual bus where all of uh, Alexander McCandless's, yeah, chicken scratch on the walls and everything was was in there. Um, so yeah, what was what was that whole experience like? Like getting there and actually seeing the bus itself. Yeah. So the main, yeah, the 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 main obstacle for getting out there is the Teklanika River. Because that river can fluctuate quite a bit. It can be low enough where if you have a big 4x4, four four, you could cross a river. Or if it's low enough, you could hike across the river. And that's why that's why a lot of people would... That was the main issue that people would run into. And <laughs> it's a little messed up. But you can search up videos of people trying to cross the river. And see videos of people like getting swept away. And that <laughs> helps put into perspective of... This is not a, a river to mess with. Like, <laughs> I feel like that was the big issue with why they removed it was a lot of people would go out there and then they'd run into the river and they feel like, well, we've already gone. I don't know if it was like 10, 12 or it was between, it was like 10 to 15 miles to the first chunk. It's like, you've already gone so far. And once you cross the river, it's not, it's, it's basically like a four wheeler trail that goes out to the bus. And so it, the trail is easy going, but the river crossing was where most people would run into issues. And that's where we were, we where how we changed it up was when we went in, we didn't go in on the stampede trail. 
we drove into the Denali Highway, and then we hiked over. We hiked, basically hiked over this little mountain down to the other side, met up with the Tuklanika River, and we had pack rafts, so we inflated our pack rafts and then floated down to where it intersected the Stampede Trail, and then we camped out there. And then the next morning, we hiked out to the bus. And, like, the whole time we were doing it, it was, like, raining most of the time. We had a little spritz of sunshine here and there. And because of that, and that was in 2020. And 2020 for Alaska was, like, an extraordinarily rainy year, which is why I, I feel, like, with almost certainty that we were probably the last people out there. Because unless someone else was going out there with a pack raft to cross the river, there was no way you could cross <laughs> the river. Cause, so we camped out the basically at the intersection of the Teclanique and the Stampede, Stampede Trail. And then the next morning we got up, hiked out, went out to the bus. And when I went out there, I don't know why. I feel like a good chunk of this is, as I was explaining earlier, how my, my buddy Shane will just call me and be like, what are you doing this weekend? And I'm like, nothing on the plans he's like we're going on an adventure want to go out to the bus the bus 142 and at the time when we went out there i like i feel like just about every alaskan knows like who chris mccandless is or who he was knows the story and like i had an idea but i didn't understand at least when i went out there like the impact he had on a lot of people like i I say I say this in the video that I hadn't read the book, I hadn't seen the movie. I just had a general idea of the story. And once I got out to the bus and I we started like cuz the whole inside of the bus is like people's like stickers, writing notes people left. And that's when it kind of hit me. I was like, "You know this this bus has like a lot more significant meaning to a lot of people, a lot more than I realized." And when I when we got back, I I I read the book and I watched the movie and I was like, I wish I would have like appreciated this historical place a little bit better. This had a little bit more of a meaning because I we we <laughs> we went out there as like a mission and operation because that day we woke up at like six a.m. Hiked out to the bus. We spent an hour or so out there. It started to rain, so we hiked back. And by the time we got back to the river, like I think we had done 20 miles. And we were contemplating staying out there, but it was the middle of summer. So it was like, well, we got so much sunshine. So we just hiked all the way back that same day. And I think we did like 32 miles that day. And then a week, a couple days to a week later... I think I was with Shane then and we were driving, we were going on like another trip. I think that was when we were going to the Wrangles and he goes, yo, have you seen this? And he showed me a video of the national guard flying the bus out. And we were both just like, what, what? No way. No fucking way. We were there like a week and a half ago. We were chilling inside of the bus and now they're, they're flying it out. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> crazy yeah, experience. It is crazy. And by the way, I think I said Alexander McCandless. It's Chris McCandless, as you mentioned. Alexander Supertramp was his yeah. like alter ego name. Um, and again, 
read the book. You'll figure out why. So now after the fact, you mentioned like, I, you know, wishing you had this like appreciation and knowledge beforehand for anyone who doesn't know, like what, what is it in your opinion that makes the bus so special? Like knowing what you know now and having gone there. I think it's like, I, I put this quote in the video from, it was from the book, but it was something that Chris wrote. Yeah. And by the way, this is, this is the book into the wild, by John Krakauer, um, it's pretty old, a little bit background on John Krakauer. He was, uh, he was a journalist. Uh, he was like a nonfiction writer. He's done a couple, couple equally impressive books in the past, but this one is the, uh, the account that he wrote back in, it all happened in April of 1992. And he wrote this book and this is the book that they turned into a movie and it's a fantastic movie. You haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. So I found, there's kind of two quotes I, f- I feel like is, uh, perfectly represents what the bus is like a is like a physical icon of what this quote is what these two quotes are which is the joy of life comes from our encounters with new experiences and hence there is no greater joy than to have an endlessly changing horizon for each day to have a new and different sun as well as i feel like this is his most iconic quote happiness is only real when shared so I feel like the bus for a lot of people to go out there with friends or to make it out there to experience this wild place to have like a new challenge, a new experience is a, is like what the bus is like, that's a physical embodiment of, I feel like that quote. And I, I saw that those quotes scribbled in on the bus, too. Really? Yeah. That's really cool. Was there anything else noteworthy, like, inside the actual bus? Like, I don't know. Was it? I'm assuming most of it was, like, overgrown with stuff, maybe. But I think the most, and this was, like, the moment for me that really hit me when I got back. And I was, like, I was reading the book and I was watching the movie um, and I was doing more research, like really understand who Chris was. I have a shot of a briefcase in there. And in in that briefcase, I'm pretty sure is the Bible that he was writing stuff in. I'm, I, I don't know for sure, but wow. I know that briefcase had like stuff that he had used and or had written like written quotes into that Bible. I'm pretty That's crazy. sure. That's but like cool. I was there and I didn't realize that. And that was like <laughs> one of those things I was like, I really wish I would have known more. I really wish I would have educated myself. Yeah. So, well, it's not there now, but there is a, an exact replica apparently at the, um, I think it's, Denali brewing company or some, some bar that's like right outside the highway. Yeah, yeah, in in Healy, yeah, they I, that that's the that's the movie bus that they used right for right, the movie. Right. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, that's at the that. at the brewery there. Yeah. Oh no way! That's cool. Yeah, because I I went inside that. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's not quite the same if there's not an adventure element attached to it, but it is really cool to go in. They have like a bunch of you know plaques to show what you're looking at, so you can 
kind of appreciate it if if you don't know anything beforehand. Um, but yeah, that's in uh, what is it, Keeley? Or Keeley, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a hundred miles south of Fairbanks. Right. Sweet. So that's all in Denali. So the big, the whole point of this whole movie that you made was about Denali. So you've gone to the bus, you've done all this stuff throughout Alaska. Do you have any plans, in like concrete plans to tackle Denali, or is that uh, are you just waiting for the stars to align? I'd say mostly waiting for the stars to align. Like if I got selected for this, that would be like the okay, we're good to go. That would be uh, because uh, I don't know. I don't know how it is compared to other peaks, but it, it's gonna be like several thousand dollars because. Especially if you do it guided, which I wouldn't want my dumbass leading. <laughs> leading, <laughs> I love. Okay, my buddy Shane, I love him, but like I also wouldn't want him. Like I have a couple friends, and I'm like, okay, if we were to do it unguided, I would be like, you're in charge. I'm I'm dumb guy that's just carrying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pack the pack mule. But uh, yeah, the 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 best idea, at least for doing it for a first time, would have it be able to do it guided and essentially have someone else be calling all the shots. Cause I feel like that's the, the main thing with Denali is it can be cold. It can be windy and you expect that you might be sitting in your tent for days on end waiting for weather to roll over. Cause it takes, I've heard people doing the whole thing in like 10 days or less, which is pretty wild. Cause that's not much time for acclimation. And I've heard of it taking like over three weeks just because you're spending so much time acclimating and or waiting for weather. And then it takes like, that's just, that's just to go up. Going down can be like two or three days. So, well, I hope that, I hope that comes to fruition for you. Taking a bit of a, a right turn here. The one last thing in that video I, I gotta, I gotta ask you about is, uh, or I guess it's, it's two things. First one, you say you build hot tubs. So what is that? Is that is that just a hobby thing or like you just try to are you Yeah, like what? Yeah. Why? <laughs> so I have a tendency to build some stuff. Simply put, and one of those things that I have a tendency to build is hot tubs. <laughs> For some reason, it happened to be one of the things I like to build our hot tubs. Anyways, the whole stick with that is, I don't know when this started. There's, if you go way back on my channel, you'll, you'll find a video of, of me and a couple of my buddies. I had this brilliant idea. They weren't super enthusiastic about it, but essentially what if we like dig a pit in, in a, on a beach and then put a tarp down put a burn barrel in it, fill it with water, and then you let the burn barrel heat up the water around it. So that was how it started. And then eventually, after doing that a couple times, some guy left a comment like, you should try doing that, but with like snow. And I was like, this is stupidest. I, that won't work. <laughs> but then I ended up doing that, and that worked really well. And I was like, yo. And so that kind of kept changing. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I should just build an actual hot tub. So that's one of my latest videos was I, uh, I've been learning how to weld and 
build a riggedy jiggedy hot tub that's on these like wheels, these caster wheels, so it's a portable hot tub. You can kind of <laughs> move it around. So nice. Yeah. So yeah. you you mentioned you put a trampoline at the top of a mountain. Would you ever put a hot tub at the top of a mountain? <laughs> That'd be pretty uh, nuts, dude. You know, if you have uh, someone's just hiking up some like random lesser known mountain and then all of a sudden see a hot tub, I think that'd be. Yeah. Whenever I get an idea for something, I feel like it's generally because I can picture it really clearly in my head of like the logistics of all of it. A hot tub on top of a mountain would require some very specific things to line up. Like, how would you fill it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the main thing is you can move. I've learned that you can move some heavy stuff with enough people, hence a trampoline. Like, if you have if you have at least three people, that was how many it took for us to carry a trampoline at least down a mountain. Going up, the more the better. But, like, if you have, like, ten people carrying a trampoline up a mountain, super easy. You know, splitting it up in all separate pieces, ten people could carry a trampoline up no problem. Theoretically, getting a hot tub on top of a mountain, pretty doable. But then the question is, how the hell are you going to fill it? <laughs> I guess you could put you could put snow and just let it melt or something. Yeah, I guess that's could be doable. That would take. There, oh, here's another question: because the hot tub hot tubs I've built have all been wood fired. Where are you going to get the wood? Are you going to carry? Because that's <laughs> the main thing: is the hot tubs I've made is they take. Like three to four hours to heat up. It's a lot of wood. You're just like constantly burning wood. So you're going to need to take like a whole tree basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about charcoal? Would charcoal work? Uh, maybe. I haven't tried that. I'll have to give that a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice, man. Um, well, yeah, that's that's all the question. I The video was a perfect represent, representation of all the adventures you've done. Um, it's really cool. Hearing the perspective of someone in Alaska, because I feel like Alaska's culture and like it's so outdoors driven, which is very different than the rest of the U.S. So it's really interesting just kind of hearing your perspective. And uh, I I ask this with everyone, so I got to ask you, how do you personally define adventure? Hmm. I don't want to steal the quote I said earlier, but I feel like Chris's quote of new experiences, new horizons is pretty spot on for what I think about when I think about adventures is yeah. Going someplace. It doesn't necessarily have to be someplace I've never been before, but going, seeing new things, going someplace new, seeing something new, getting my heart rate up, feeling a little scared, getting excited I feel like those are all good, good soup for a good adventure. If you throw all those in a pot, makes a good, good adventure soup. <laughs> right on. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's great. And um, yeah, next time I I I've been dying to hike up a mountain and ski down it. So I'll have to I'll have to hit you up and we'll we'll ski some Alaska yeah, if you're, uh, mountain ranges. Back up here, let me know. Do you uh, do you do any backcountry skiing? Have you uh, heard of ski I've tunnels? I've done in Colorado, but not like yeah. Cool man. All right. Well, thanks everyone, and thanks for your time in. Really appreciate it.
And uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having well, me on. Curse. We'll catch you next time, guys. All right. Thanks. Take care.